We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order. They are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together. It is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk, and yep, that's right. It's a solo show again. Uh, no worries, though. I got you guys covered. Uh, Drew is still coaching, still doing the commentary for Sanger West Hornets, which he's doing a great job, you guys. I cannot wait for him to tell you. He should actually be back next week. I don't want to say anything that's maybe uh, incorrect, but I think... The way his schedule is working out is he may be able to uh, do an episode with me before the Super Bowl. But anyways, guys, it is a solo show, as I'd mentioned at the top. And uh, I've still got a full show for you guys full of NFL news, AFC and NFC championship conference games talk. Uh, And again, I am giving to you guys Drew's love and he misses all of you and he misses being on Drew Code, but he's doing great things right now with coaching and doing, like I said, the play-by-play for, or not play-by-play, excuse me. It's more or less the uh, announcing at the Singer West basketball game. So he's really excited about that. He's been super busy with that. So I cannot wait for him to tell you guys about it. But nevertheless, though, guys, I am here. Get you guys covered and uh, we will get started in just a second. But before we do, please do me a favor and go and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those great social media sites. And please also subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Google Podcasts. I believe we're also on Pandora Podcast now, so you guys can go check us out there. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, of course, which is what you know we do mainly. So anyways, guys, let's get into the show. And first off, we're going to start with, of course, the game that kicked off the crazy Sunday championship weekend, which was the Eagles and the 49ers. Now, heading into this game, the 49ers, as everyone knows, has gone through a roller coaster of a season. 49ers had Trey Lance starting over Jimmy Garoppolo, which they had a ton of drama with. Uh, and they ultimately, the 49ers ultimately decided to go with Trey Lance. As everyone knows, Trey Lance got injured, it, I believe, in week two, uh, week two or three, I want to say, of uh, the NFL season. And uh, they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo, who then had some moments and some flashes and then got injured at some point during the season. Uh, and then Brock Purdy, their third, uh, their third, third string quarterback and uh, Mr. Irrelevant, who was the last pick of uh, the NFL draft as a rookie. Um, He ended up being the ultimate starter. Uh, And uh, also too, throughout the season, the 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey, which bolstered their run game and their versatility on their offense. Um, Since Brock Purdy took over the starting job, they, uh, the 49ers went eight and no, that included a huge divisional win against the uh, Dallas Cowboys, which was very impressive considering that Brock Purdy went against uh, arguably a top 10 defense in the NFL and the uh, Cowboys are a very tough team. So you cannot discount them at all. But uh, throughout the eight and run that the 49ers had with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, he showed absolutely great poise. Um, you know, I think there's uh, I think the 49ers have a have a problem on their hands. Uh, I guess a good problem in this case, they have three and truthfully two quarterbacks that they are going to have to fight over uh, in Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo probably played well enough to where he's going to get a contract somewhere else. I really don't know how the 49ers bring him back again. These are all just side notes regarding uh, the NFC championship game that I will talk about, but uh, you know, 
Jimmy Garoppolo will probably not return to the 49ers and the 49ers will have to decide what they want to do with Trey Lance and uh, Brock Purdy. I don't know if Brock Purdy is a franchise type of quarterback. I know Trey Lance is a higher draft pick investment that the 49ers had uh, that they really liked over Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that does say something, the fact that Trey Lance actually won the starting job at the start of the season, even though they had both Jimmy Garoppolo, who a lot of people thought was going to get traded uh, and also uh, Brock Purdy. So that's a little side notes regarding the San Francisco's uh, season. Uh, They were going against the number one seed in the NFC, which was the Philadelphia Eagles. Now for, just a quick reminder, uh, the NFL, uh, the, uh, excuse me, the Philadelphia Eagles traded for AJ Brown, uh, at the draft night, I believe it was. And since he has come in, this offense has looked dominant. I mean, him and Jalen hurts have had a great connection. Uh, of course, Jalen hurts and Devonte Smith have had a great connection as well. They do have Dallas Goddard. So Nick Sirianni and this offense have been looking phenomenal and, I would also argue that the best part of their team is probably their defense. They really invested in the secondary, uh, in in uh, in the uh, pressure defense, uh, the um, defensive ends, and the interior. They really, really, really invested in some some great players, man. And their defense, I would say, looked almost more dominant at times than the offense. Uh, early in the season, you can make the argument that a lot of the games that the Eagles won was because of the defense. And, uh, you know, I can remember a couple of games in the season where it seemed like the Eagles were out of it, but their defense made enough great plays to cause turnovers and the offense had an opportunity to get down the field. Uh, there was times where, you know, and unfortunately too, the Eagles, I think were, they also suffered from being too good for their own good because there were games throughout their season that they had two where they had leads, blown the leads, and then they had to, you know, they had to basically fight at the end to make sure that they won the games. But without doubt, though, they've been the best team in football. And, uh, you know, they were no doubt the number one team in the NFC. 49ers were probably the closest team that was going to rival the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, this was a great game that was anticipated. Now, for those that uh, have not watched the game or did watch the game, I'm really just going over what we all watched and what we all saw already because we already know what the outcome was. Obviously, it was it's been more than a couple of days since you know the games have been played, and so the 49ers did ultimately lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. It was 31 to seven. Now, if you're wondering why is the score so lopsided for those that live under a rock and didn't catch any of the of the game, um, Brock Purdy, who, again, a lot of people were saying was the, uh, you know, huge reason Fred Warner specifically, you know, gave a, a huge, uh, you know, huge props and and his credit to Brock Purdy for helping them reach where they reached, uh, meaning the NFC championship game. And. In the first quarter, um, I believe the defensive end was Reddick on the Eagles. Uh, he created a sack fumble uh, in the first quarter on uh, on Brock Purdy, and uh, it actually injured Brock Purdy literally first quarter. I think it was like their first or second series, I want to say, of the game. And uh, Brock Purdy was out for a long period of time for the game. I think he missed all of the first quarter and uh, – there's still a lot of question on if he was going to be able to return. And I know that he missed all of the, um, of of course he missed the entire first half and Josh Johnson journeyman quarterback went in to fill in. And, you know, for those that say that anybody can run San Francisco's offense at quarterback. um, I think this really dispelled that. And I think this actually made Brock Purdy, um, more valuable in the sense of like, it's not just any quarterback that you can just throw in there. Uh, it really takes a quarterback with good poise, maturity, uh, being able to take care of the football, which Brock Purdy was doing for the 49ers. So, you know, when Brock Purdy went out with injury, Josh Johnson went in there. Um, the Eagles defense smelt blood in the water and they, they absolutely took on, they they took down the 49ers offense and not that that offense wasn't high powered. I, I do think though, if Brock, if uh, excuse me, Brock Purdy was healthy and he didn't get injured, I think it would have been a more competitive game. I ultimately thought the Eagles would have 
um, one anyways. Drew's pick, though, was the 49ers. Um, and I do think, though, that this game looked a lot more lopsided because Brock Purdy wasn't there. I do think that, you know, someone like uh, Brock Purdy, who had, um, you know, all these weapons at his disposal, he had a great connection with George Kittle and, uh, you know, was able to get the ball out. And this offense looked really, really good. Uh, didn't look like it missed a beat, even though, you know, he was a rookie quarterback, which was very encouraging. But as soon as Josh Johnson went in there, obviously you can tell that the dynamic completely changed. And, uh, you know, maybe it was the moment it was too big for Josh Johnson. Cause that arguably probably the biggest game he's ever played in, in his professional career. And it was, um, at a pivotal point that when it, when it was needed. Um, but you know, um, the Eagles defense just got after it. They got home on a majority of their pass rushes. So, you know, they, the offense couldn't really do much. Now, Christian McCaffrey did have a outstanding day. And at one point took some wildcat snaps and, uh, you know, he was in the, um, he was extremely present during the, the game. I mean, he had, um, 15 rushes for 84 yards and a, and they're the only touchdown that, uh, uh, was given up by the Eagles. That was to credit of Chris McCaffrey. Also too, Chris McCaffrey caught, um, four passes for 22 yards. So he himself had over 200 yards of total scrimmage, but, um, you know, obviously it wasn't enough. I mean, the Eagles were able to cause three turnovers and with those turnover, or excuse me, two turnovers specifically, um, and was able to turn those into points. Uh, the Eagles run, run offense was actually, um, pretty productive. In fact, um, they, uh, averaged four yards per carry did 44 rushes. Although I would say that this game was out of reach by the third quarter. Um, and to be honest, the game was somewhat out of reach at the end of the second quarter. I mean, it was, it was pretty tough to watch cause it was almost like watching 49ers have hope that, uh, they could pull this off. And realistically they're going against the number one team in the NFC with probably the number one defense fourth string quarterback and no, no production coming from the offense. Um, that no fault of anybody's too. It was just Brock Purdy just suffered an injury that he just wasn't able to overcome. And, you know, it just obviously was the 49ers downfall. However, give credit to the Eagles though, because they came out and again, I, I want to say it was like the opening series opening. Uh, I want to say it was like the first two series of the game. Um, they got after Brock Purdy. Like I would say, you know, they would have really, really disrupted that offense regardless of Brock Purdy was there or not, or if it was anybody else that, that front line and that those defensive ends, they were getting to the quarterback, they were getting home and it would have been a really tough matchup. I do think though, that things would have changed game plan wise. If, you know, there was an adequate quarterback there that was able to keep the uh, game close. But uh, ultimately though, I mean, teams go through lots of chaos and adversity and you hate to see it, but I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, the Eagles just, stayed healthy. They made all the right plays they executed better and they are going on to the Super Bowl now representing the NFC, which I predicted. Uh, so that's one victory for me over drew because drew and I had conflicting teams. So, uh, let me know what you guys think. Did you guys think that the Eagles deserve to get in there? Uh, you know, for the, for you 49er fans, do you think that you guys are going to want to roll with Brock Purdy in the future or trade Lance? Um, I know I think that's a huge quarterback controversy that should be uh, discussed in future conversations for sure. But I'm curious to see or to hear what you guys think. So let me know down in the comments what you think uh, for you 49er fans, if you'd rather have Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. All right, on to the second game now. This is the AFC Championship game. I think if I'm being completely honest, this was probably the most anticipated matchup that we had um, of the evening. And I'm glad that they put this on primetime because this was a really, really good game. So, of course, it is the uh, AFC championship game with the defending AFC champions, Cincinnati Bengals, going against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, this is their fifth consecutive AFC championship game that they were, I believe, hosting, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is impressive. So in 
the, I think, five years that Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback, he has been to the AFC championship game all five years. I believe he has a three and two record or two. Yeah. No, three and two record because he'll be going to his third Super Bowl next, not this upcoming Sunday, but two Sundays from now, essentially. So anyways, but just to recap the Cincinnati Bengals, obviously, as everyone knows, um, they did address the offensive line by signing some big name players uh, to kind of help fortify that offensive line, which, as everyone knows, was a huge problem for uh, Cincinnati last season uh, with with keeping Joe Burrow um, upright. However, there were games where he had been sacked, I think, upwards of seven and nine times, and they still won. Got all the way to the Super Bowl, lost to the uh, Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles SoFi Stadium. Uh, Joe Burrow played great during those during that stretch. Uh, at the beginning of this season, though, it was off to a rough start. Joe Burrow had, I think it was an appendectomy surgery, uh, I think at the beginning of the preseason. So it was a, he had no preseason snaps with any of the team. And I think he was still recovering at the time. So as everyone knows, uh, I think week one against, since uh, against uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, he throws, I think four or five interceptions. Wasn't the greatest game, but uh, throughout the season though, the Cincinnati Bengals, they clawed their way back and then they went on a really good run, which essentially clinched them the uh, AFC North title. Um, you know, they went through the Ravens and they also went through the uh, Buffalo Bills, which I talked about last week. And now this time they were going into Arrowhead Stadium, not Burrowhead Stadium, Arrowhead Stadium um, to go against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, just to recap real quickly on the Kansas City Chiefs, they traded Tyreek Hill, their number one receiver from last season to Miami for a handful of draft picks. Um, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, they signed MBS, and I believe that during the season, they also had um, picked up, or I believe, no, he, they traded, excuse me, they traded for Kadarius Toney. Obviously, they still have Travis Kelsey. I believe they brought in Frank Clark from free agency, if I'm not mistaken, and it's pretty much the only big free agent moves that I remember my or that I can recollect um, from the season. But nevertheless, though, Kansas City Chiefs still went 14 and three this season, seven and one at home. Uh, again, ran away with the AFC West title, which Drew and I were up here um, talking about how we thought they would be in last place because Tyree Kill was uh, a huge loss, and I think that everyone would agree is a huge loss. But I don't think Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes got the memo. So. They, of course, played and they looked great. Um, and they, I mean, obviously had some moments where they didn't look so good. Um, but throughout these playoffs, they looked outstanding. And of course, they, I believe that they were the number one seed in the AFC and rightfully so. So the game started off, of course, Kansas City was pressuring Burrow. Burrow was sacked, uh, I think, three times in the first quarter, which was huge because Burrow wasn't sacked at all, I believe, in the last game against Buffalo. Um, so you can tell the Chiefs were just getting after it. Um, the run offense for uh, for Cincinnati was not really running so much. Um, you can definitely see that the Kansas City Chiefs made it a focal point to pressure to pressure Burrow and to make him get the ball out quicker. And, um, you know, he did make some costly mistakes, though. Burrow did throw two interceptions. Um, some of those turnovers, though, turned into punts in the following series against Kansas. So, I mean, the the uh, Bengals had a really good defense that was defending as much as they could, and it looked great. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, though, um, threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. He was only sacked three times. Uh, obviously, his main targets were Kelsey, um, MVS, uh, each had a touchdown and then, uh, the Kansas city, uh, run offense was absent. That was even worse than the Cincinnati, uh, Bengals, uh, Cincinnati's offense though. I mean, they spread the ball around pretty well. T Higgins and, uh, Jamar chase. They got theirs. Uh, Tyler Boyd though, went out injured, which I think was a huge pivotal part in this game. Cause he only had two receptions, but he had two, uh, clutch receptions, I would argue, that got them into first down territory and was also helping move the ball. And also, too, uh, he complements Chase and Higgins really well. So the fact that they didn't have their legit uh, third wide receiver who is basically, you know, who they're looking for on those first down opportunities, I think that really hurt the Bengals as well. Um, 
But I think ultimately, though, the Chiefs just made better plays. I know that people want to get up in arms about some of the penalties that were called. I agree that there should have been, uh, you know, there was, a, I think, a roughing the passer call that wasn't called on Burrow that happened in his end zone, which I agree it could have been called. But the way that the Bengals were moving against the Chiefs, the Chiefs really weren't giving up anything, and they were really putting the pressure on the, the Bengals. The Bengals were playing from behind at some stretches of the game. They did tie and they held a 20 to 20 tie for majority of the fourth quarter, of course, all the way until the end. Uh, but, you know, Chiefs just made plays when it needed to happen. Patrick Mahomes, even though he suffered somewhat of a high ankle sprain in uh, the game against um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, clearly he was hobbled and, you know, most players that would take them out for at least several weeks. Um, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes had, I guess, a great rehab program that was done by his athletic trainer who um, got him healthy enough to play and he was able to move. Um, I mean, he had to go out of the pocket a couple of times and, and run for a first down a handful of times. And then it looked like at times you saw that he was wincing at his ankle and his foot that, you know, it was obviously bothering him, but he played well enough to where uh, the final drive, of course, this is the one where, it, um, you know, Buckner kicked in the, uh, um, game-winning field goal um, where basically Patrick Mahomes was going for the first down. I do think he makes a first down marker, but unfortunately uh, Cincinnati Bills player, um, you know, hit Burrow. Well, hitting is kind of uh, a harsh word. It was more of like he shoved him as Mahomes was already out of bounds and it caused a, uh, you know, late hit out of bounds uh, penalty, which of course moved the ball into a further field goal position for the chiefs to basically kick the go ahead field goal and uh, essentially in the game. Um, you know, I do think though that one of the struggles that Cincinnati had was obviously they didn't have a balanced offense. I mean, Burrow threw it 41 times compared to rushing it only 17 times and Burrow in fact had four of those rushes. So uh, Joe Mixon and uh, P Ryan just couldn't get the ball moving against this defense. Um, and not only that too, but the chiefs were not letting Higgins or chase beat them down the field. They were only giving them uh, what was in front of them. I mean, there were some plays that Jamar chase had that just, you know, you couldn't have defended it any better. He, he just climbed the ladder, got the ball T Higgins, one of the touchdown passes that he caught, he just absolutely mossed the defender. So, I mean, you play the, you play the receiver as best you can, but if he makes a better play, I mean, you just live with the results. And ultimately it wasn't as if, you know, neither one of these players were getting, you know, 10 receptions for large chunks of yards. I mean, they did what they ultimately could do, but credit to the chiefs defense for absolutely standing up against this, you know, all intense purposes, high powered offense. This offense had their way with the Buffalo bills last week and absolutely demolished them would not, um, you know, you, they could not have been stopped. And the chiefs came in with a great uh, game plan that just, basically slow down burrow in the in the team i will say though i did notice for the cincinnati Bengals side that they were doing a lot more chatter and a lot more trash talking than what i'm used to seeing uh you know the mayor of cincinnati dubbing arrowhead as uh, as burrowhead even you know because uh since uh, Joe Burrow has been the starting quarterback for the Bengals, he was at the time 3-0 against the the Chiefs. Uh, I believe two of those wins were come from behind wins, if I'm not mistaken, or three of them actually. All three of them were come from behind. But nevertheless, though, I just I noticed in some of the uh, in some some of the news that it was just a lot of Cincinnati um, chirping and trash talk, and that's all bulletin material, man, and. The Chiefs had every had every reason to come in there with with hostile, you know, with hostile grudges against all the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they were the ones that sent them home last season when they wanted to go to the Super Bowl. Now they get to play them again in their home stadium, um, you know. And to be fair to Drew, completely called this. Uh, he said there's no way that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were going to let Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor beat them four times in a row he's like that's not that's not happening they are going to find a way to beat this team and they absolutely did now granted was there a little bit of controversy in some parts of it yeah but i do think though regardless of the penalties that were or were not called i do think the chiefs though ultimately won just because they 
played great on all three fronts of of the ball. They played great special teams. They played great defense. They played really good offense. Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback. What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew Code is a proud member of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a one-of-a-kind, unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course, are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans, so of course, we are going to Fanatics com to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented right now you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite team's officially licensed gear now follow us on social media and get the latest news on discounts and promos we'll see you there i did talk about that i thought jalen hurts was the mvp of the nfl a couple of weeks ago drew and i had this discussion and he picked patrick mahomes i picked jalen hurts um, part of the reason why I picked Jalen Hurts was because the NFL loves to tell stories. I thought the Jalen Hurts story uh, where Jalen Hurts, I, you know, third year quarterback uh, gets demolished in the playoffs by Tampa Bay comes back, uh, basically gets his team to the Super Bowl. I thought that was a great story to tell for the MVP. I think that this game right here, uh, referring to the chiefs and the Bengals game. I think that this was the game that proved that Patrick Mahomes was, is the outright MVP of the NFL. And I completely submit to that uh, where Patrick Mahomes, you know, on a bad ankle, bad foot was able to be as great as he was, had a one Oh five passer rating through for over 300 yards, did not turn the ball over. Well, I think he had a fumble. Yeah. He had a fumble and a loss. So, I mean, he had one turnover, but I mean, he was the reason that team won. I mean, he was the one that made the the play to get not only the first down marker, but that uh, out of bounds hit that got them into field goal range. So I think this submitted Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback in the NFL and the um, MVP. I know that there's been some people talking that, you know, that Burrow uh, is on the level of Patrick Mahomes. Um Here's what I'll say. I think Burrow has for sure put himself in the number two position of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think it's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. I mean, there's questions about Josh Allen, I think at some point, um, then I think it, you know, you go down the line to whatever your top, whatever list is, but for sure, Joe Burrow's number two, but I think that there, there's a large gap between one and two. In my opinion, I do think that Patrick Mahomes is just a is just an all worldly quarterback. He could potentially win his second Super Bowl in five years, which is crazy. And he's probably not done yet. The thing we should probably worry about is that Patrick Mahomes may get bored with the NFL because he's absolutely obliterating the competition. That's what we could be seeing. I mean, we we praise Tom Brady for having seven Super Bowl championships, um, and it took him 20 years to get that. Patrick Mahomes is on his way to number two in five years, um, which is crazy. And to think that they could be making more moves because now that he, Patrick Mahomes referring to, now that Patrick Mahomes is turning Kansas City into a team where you want to go and play for it, him and Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, are turning that franchise into a destination where it may not be a, you know, a big market for, you know, your brand, but if you're willing to go win championships, man, players are going to flock there. I mean, granted some, uh, some AFC teams may get in the way of that, but I mean, the way that their defense plays, uh, the way that that offense plays with having Andrew Reed and Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, I mean, it's hard to say, but they are, they're probably going to be a very, very, very good team for obviously many, many years to come. But I do think that there's a huge gap between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow in that one and two spot. And Patrick Mahomes is on a whole nother level. So that's my two cents on that for what it's worth. If anyone cares to know or not. So anyways, I'm going to take a quick break, you guys, and then I will be right back. But before I go, Please do me a favor, guys, in the description of this episode and in the uh, uh, podcast 
description. Uh, we have some affiliate partners that we want to shout out. One being FNX Fit. Go to fnxfit.com and use the promo code DrewCode15 to get 15% off your purchase. They have great workout supplements and great workout gear. Uh, they also have what's called the Live Program. And essentially what that does is every time you order product from FNX Fit, they donate a portion of the um, of what you've purchased in terms of product to countries um, in Africa in need of clean drinking water. So it's a great program that they're doing. That's why we love having them as affiliate partners. So again, use Drew Code 15 to get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget to visit FNX, uh, excuse me, fanatics.com. Of course, with you know, football basically coming to the Super Bowl in. We have NBA going on right now. Baseball's just around the corner. Don't forget your fan gear at F- at uh, fanatics.com. I keep wanting to say FNX fit at fanatics.com. And then also SeatGeek, use Druco to get $20 off your first order. So with that being said, you guys, I will be right back. And then we will be talking about some of the news around the NFL. So don't go nowhere. All right, everybody. I am back. Thanks again for hanging out with me. Um, I'm doing a solo show right now. I just did a recap of the AFC and NFC conference championship games that we just had on Sunday. Uh, Drew will probably be back uh, before Super Bowl. I think we are talking about doing an episode right before the Super Bowl, which um, I'm super excited about. Uh, and I know that uh, he's looking forward to returning. So for those that don't know, Drew has been uh, basically an assistant coach for the Sanger West Hornets uh JV girls basketball team kind of getting his foot in the door with coaching and helping out, uh, being there for practices, helping hold some practices and, uh, doing games. He's also doing, uh, you know, announcing work for them, uh, during the basketball games as well, both boys and girls. And so he's been loving that. And, uh, you know, we have this app called Marco Polo, which essentially if no one knows what it is, um, it's basically like video messaging. So, rather than spit out a super long text message or rather than FaceTime somebody, him and I just talking to the camera, uh, for stretches, uh, usually on our way to work school or, um, you know, on our way. Sometimes if I know if he's following me, it's cause he's doing a, uh, a dessert run, um, or me, I'm doing a late night dinner run and then we'll get on the Marco Polo and we'll just start talking to each other about like what's going on with this, that, and the other. It's a great way for us to keep in, keep in touch. And then also too, we talk about Drew code. So he's been filling me in on all the singer West Hornet stuff, which has been super exciting. So I can't wait for him to return and tell everybody how it's been going. It, it's a probably a lot of information. So we'll probably have to see how he's going to tell everybody, but it's been from what he's been relaying to me, it's been super fun. So shout out to drew for doing what he's been loving and I'm glad he's liking it. And I can't wait for you guys to hear about it. So All right, guys, let's get into some NFL news around the league. So I'm just going to talk about a couple of topics that um, I saw earlier this week. And I just want to just have a quick conversation about them and give you my thoughts regarding it. Um, One of them was that the Dallas Cowboys, again, um, had lost to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, They had a really bad offensive showing and some want to blame it on the OC at the time, Kellen Moore. Some people want to blame it on Mike McCarthy. A lot of people want to blame it on Dak Prescott. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around for everything. All things could be true. Uh, The Cowboys ultimately though, had let go of Kellen Moore, who was their offensive coordinator, which actually last off season, if I recall, because Mike McCarthy got, uh, got, you know, eliminated from the playoffs relatively early last season. Uh, There was discussion that Jerry Jones was going to let him go and promote Kellen Moore to being a head coach. Obviously, as things played out during the offseason, Kellen Moore kept his same role, and so did Mike McCarthy. And here we are with the Cowboys still eliminated from the playoffs. And now the Cowboys have has basically have their scapegoat now with Kellen Moore. My initial reactions are, um, I think Kellen Moore would have left them this offseason regardless, to be truthful. I think what's happening in the NFL is when a coordinator, offense or defense has, you know, I'd say like a couple of good productive seasons, you know, they're looked at as the next head coach for a team that desperately needs a head coach. I mean, Indianapolis Colts are going to be hiring a new coach soon. Maybe it's Jeff Saturday. Maybe it's somebody else. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Houston Texans in a minute. Um, you know, Denver Broncos and I will talk about them in a minute as well. They've 
you know, they're looking for a head coach or now have one, um, you know, so those kind of coordinators who are basically on the trajectory to be a head coach, um, I think Kellen Moore would have lo- would have left to begin with. Do I think that he was the problem for the offense? It's hard to say. I don't know because I could also blame that that uh, their run game. Um, you know, Zeke Elliott has not been Zeke Elliott from his early days when he came in um, from Ohio State. Uh, Tony Pollard has, uh, excuse me, Pollard has looked outright the best running back in that offense and makes that offense look better. And Zeke has basically just been the, um, the complimentary piece more or less. He's more or less the second option from what it looks like. And, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, he unfortunately in less games had more, uh, interceptions. So that's not a great look. So he's definitely more careless with the ball than he was this season, but, you know, again, they traded his number one receiver in Amari Cooper to Cleveland Browns. They only had Michael Gallup and uh, uh, Noah Brown, uh, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Dalton Schultz. So, I mean, they had some weapons, but I don't think that they were as strong offensively as they probably could have been. So going against a really tough defensive team in the Niners probably makes, makes the situation look a lot worse than it is. Um, but you know, I think Kellen Moore would have left to begin with. Kellen Moore now has, uh, been hired by the LA chargers to take over offensive coordinator duties. Cause they also let go of their offensive coordinator earlier this season. I think the chargers letting go of, um, Lombardi, I think was a smarter option just because, um, that offense just didn't look great with a, you know, an, an all and probably a, a ultra ultra talented, Justin Herbert. So the fact that Justin Herbert looked lost in some moments was unsure to throw the ball in this, in, you know, um, Lombardi's offense. I think it's a good thing that Kellen Moore is going to come in. Maybe he'll give him some confidence. Um, but we'll see though. I mean, the chargers, I think if they can hold together with a lot of their pieces, meaning like offensively, uh, I know that they re-signed Mike Williams last season and some Charger fans are up in the air about that. Uh, you know, I know some of them were also up in the air about uh, Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen had a, I think a really great season once he came back from injury and really was the uh, catalyst that helped spark that offense. Also too, Austin Eckler had again, a great season. I mean, he was heavily involved in the run game and in the past game specifically. So uh, we'll see how Kellen Moore does. If if uh, Kellen Moore brings the same type of offense that the Cowboys had, with basically focal pointing the uh, you know the run game and getting you know the running backs included into the screen game, I think this will be great. Um, I do think, though, obviously he's getting a r- extremely talented quarterback, and I think there's no doubt. You know, a lot of people would concede that Justin Herbert is a huge upgrade from Dak Prescott. I think there's no question about that. So we'll definitely see what this offense will look like now for the chargers. I think it's a good signing. I mean, there's not a whole lot out there uh, in terms of quality coordinators. And I think Kellen Moore is a good one. I mean, another quality coordinator that's out there now is Byron Leftwich, who was let go by the Buccaneers. So we'll see what team who needs an offensive coordinator goes from there. But, you know, for the most part, I think the Chargers getting Kellen Moore was a smart decision and Cowboys made another questionable one. So we will see what they do in the future. Um, I mean, Cowboys are going to do Cowboy things. So we'll see. Hey, everybody, it's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a 0 to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal, and it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now, they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DREWCODE at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DREWCODE to get $20 off your first order, and we hope to see you at the next game all right on to the next one guys um i have this in the notes and we'll probably talk more about this the next time drew gets back because i think we want to talk about like where quarterbacks are going to begin with but this one specifically is about aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is the third offseason in a row where aaron Rodgers is in the news again for whether or not he wants to stay in green bay retire or if he's going elsewhere um, I've interacted with a couple of other content creators and other sports podcasters about this. Um, and I just want to just say, I think it is, I think it is absolutely crazy 
that for the third season in a row, we are doing the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes again. Um, you know, I can understand if, you know, things have soured. I think a couple of seasons ago where his big gripe was, is that he wasn't really involved in certain, uh, free agent signees, or he didn't feel like his voice was heard when it came to, you know, certain things that could be done with the football team. And, you know, Green Bay did what they could. They met him halfway. And then last season gave him a huge contract extension. Um, but I guess now we don't worry about that because now he's not sure if he wants to play football again. And, and now there's rumors that he's going to get traded. And now there's even rumors that he's not even sure if he wants to play football. So this is, I think, crazy. Um, I think my ultimate opinion, though, is I do think that Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are going to separate. I think Green Bay is going to get tired that for the third season in a row that they are going down this rabbit hole. And I don't know if they want to keep going down this. Will he or won't he stay or leave or whatever? Um, and honestly too, like Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers wants and who knows what he wants. I don't even know if he knows what he wants at this point. Um, so I think green Bay is ultimately going to trade him. I don't know what the market is going to be for Aaron Rodgers Cause I think the big question mark is how much more does Aaron Rodgers want to play? I do think like, obviously if he goes to a contender, that's that makes them arguably a Super Bowl contender right out the gates, depending on the situation it is. I mean, I heard somewhere on Twitter that the Jets are in play. I think that'd be great. I mean, they've got a young up and coming offensive line. They have a really great run game, especially when they get Brees Hall back uh, from injury. He, that'll be a great uh, off balanced offense with some really great receivers, young receivers though. So will Rogers, be humble enough to get to know them, connect with them. So that way they uh, are able to see the same page. Also too, it's a defensive minded head coach. So will that clash with Aaron Rodgers? Cause I do think that uh, Robert Sala won't be a pushover kind of like what Matt LaFleur is. I think Aaron Rodgers kind of has his way with that team offensively and all this other way, cause no one wants to ruffle any feathers and, I don't think of Matt LaFleur as a guy that's going to command respect from a player like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I think that Robert Sala though will command respect from him. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers will like that or not. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the jets on paper would look great because they arguably were a quarterback away from being a playoff team and a dangerous playoff team at that. But I think the biggest question is, does Aaron Rodgers want to keep playing and whoever trades for Aaron Rodgers? what are you getting from this player? And for how long do you want to mortgage your franchise for who knows how many seasons for a player that isn't sure if he even wants to keep playing. So I think that's a huge question mark. And I know for, for instance, the Las Vegas Raiders, my beloved Raiders, Drew's beloved Raiders have somewhat been tied to the situation. Um, you know, there were rumors and I know last season there was a rumor of Darren Waller, uh, you know, potentially being dealt to the green Bay Packers. And it was, uh, you know, some would say it's a story that was leaked by the Packers to kind of just show in Rogers. Hey, look, we're trying, but obviously as everyone knows, we have Devonte Adams, who was Aaron Rodgers' number one go-to guy on all these years at green Bay. And as everyone knows too, the whole Derek Carr and, and Las Vegas Raiders, uh, divorce essentially, um, is just a matter of time before Derek Carr is elsewhere. And, you know, again, all these rumors on Twitter about will Derek Carr return? I don't think so. He's out of there. He's going to either get released or traded. There's no, there's no third option. There's no kiss and makeup. I think we're past the kiss and makeup phase. Um, the only way that Derek Carr stays in my opinion is if Josh McDaniels goes and I don't see Josh McDaniels going anytime soon. So with that being said, I would, I know the Raiders are somewhat tied to this and I did bring this up to drew and we'll probably talk about this again the next time he's here. But, you know, I threw out there, you know, how would you feel about Aaron Rodgers for Darren Waller and Derek Carr? And he was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's a short term fix. Um, but you know, again, I think the, the big question is Josh McDaniels, like, I think this season kind of proved that he's not really head coach material. We had five pro bowlers, um, two all pros actually should have been three with Max Crosby. And yet we were a six and 11 team. We were a playoff team the year before. And I think arguably we got better and yet we looked worse. So I don't think it changes when you add Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, will the offense look better? Sure. 
but does that mean that the rest of the team will function well? I mean, we got to rely on that defense to make stops. We got to rely on the team to be disciplined and not have pre-snap penalties or defensive penalties or, um, you know, immature penalties. So I don't know. Um, you know, as a Raider fan, that sounds interesting, but if I'm the Packers and again, I'm going back to the Aaron Rodgers topic. Now, if I'm the Packers, I am thinking about moving on from him. I think the great thing about, uh, the situation is that Jordan love showed pretty good flashes in the time that Aaron Rodgers was absent. And I think the big question is, is, you know, Jordan love ready. I think now's as good a time as ever to find out you have really young receivers. You have a young quarterback that has been in this offense or has at least been in this organization for four seasons. Um, I think it's time to figure out. I mean, it's either that or you keep going off season after off season with somebody that is, doesn't even know what he wants to do. Um, in terms of playing, um, you know, season after season. And if he, and again, I think there's no thing worse than being on the fence when you have lots of people that want to try to commit. I mean, you have free agents listening to whether or not he wants to play or not. And I think holding that hostage is not fair to the organization and I get it's in his best interest, but I thought last season, what it was in his best interest was to get paid and he got paid and now he still wants to go. So I don't think anything's going to make Rogers happy. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, So these are the final two ones. I'll kind of just wrap them up really quickly because I'm running out of time, but uh, Houston Texans hired um, 49ers defensive coordinator, uh, D'Amico Ryans as their new head coach. And then also, as everyone knows, Sean Payton has returned to the NFL. He will be the head coach for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver Broncos and the Saints have agreed to uh, draft compensation. So the Broncos are giving up their first round pick this year in 23, which is the 23rd overall pick and the 24 second round pick. Uh, in return, they were getting Sean Payton, and I believe a third-round pick in 24 is going to the Broncos as well. Uh, so first off, I think that the trade for – excuse me, I think the signing for Houston Texans to get uh, Ryans is a great one. Um, I think he showed that his defense is very disciplined, very well coached, and I think that he is the right coach for the Texan situation. The Texan situation is kind of a hot mess right now with – having two coaches in back-to-back seasons that you hired and now have let go. And now you've hired Ryan's. I think the report is that it's an estimated a six year deal, which is great. I think um, the defense that he has and some of the players that they drafted will help him basically turn that team defensively first and then build out from there. I anticipate that they may look into the draft for a quarterback. Cause I don't know if Davis mills is the future, Um, And I know that they have a lot of different holes to fill offensively. I mean, don't be surprised if Brandon cooks gets dealt for, you know, a late round pick. Um, And I'm sure that they'll have some other assets that they're trying to sell off to get more draft picks to build a team. So I still see them as a team that's going to take like at least a season or two to be somewhat competitive, but I do really like this hire. Um, I, I like Ryan's. I think he's a very, very well, well um, respected coach. And I think it's going to translate to the team. And the Texans need a a coach that's going to turn around the image of the Texans because it doesn't look great right now from what they've done recently. And then, of course, the last one I'll talk about is Sean Payton going to the Broncos. I did. I did, uh, you know, tag my uh, cousin, Nick, a.k.a. Xbox Dad five, five, nine. For those that want to go follow him, he is a uh, streamer on Twitch. Um, He does Call of Duty, I think, majority. Um, And he's really good and great clips. So for those that are interested, go go check it out again. It's Xbox dad five, five, nine. Uh, he's got a lot of great stuff. So anyways, I did tag him in the post and I want to know what he liked. Um, he specifically called out Russ and said, better make this work, which is, I think the right, the right thing to say. I mean, I think Russell Wilson is kind of the reason why Nathaniel Hackett got fired. Uh, I don't think that Russell played to the best of his ability. And I think, a respected Super Bowl winning coach in Sean Payton's going to come in and I think going to get the best out of Wilson. And I think, I think he's going to put Wilson in a lot of creative situations and with, you know, keeping receivers like Jerry Judy, Corton Sutton. Uh, I think Tim Patrick is going to come back from an injury. Um, I know that they've got some other young pieces in there and they have a, they had a top five defense this year. And I'm not sure if they're going to keep the defensive coordinator, I know that Sean Payton, when he came back, he wanted um, 
uh, Nick Vangio as the defensive coordinator, but he already had a head coaching run in Denver that didn't end well. But I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do on the defensive side in terms of coordinator, if they're going to keep who they have, or they're going to hire somebody else. But I mean, arguably Sean Payton has a phenomenal defense and I think it's going to be exciting brand of football for Denver. And I think too, like all that, um, all the, all the anticipation that we had earlier this season and expectations we had for Russell and this offense and expecting them to get into the playoffs and be somewhat of a legit AFC threat. I think now you have Sean Payton in there. I think this, I think now it's a real conversation to have. I will say though, it does depend on how Wilson plays. I think this is the, the linchpin in it all because it can go to crap. I mean, it very honestly could be, I mean, you have uh, a 10-year veteran in Wilson who played poorly to the fact that where he should have probably not have been a starter. Uh, and ultimately, his poor play got his head coach let go, who, by the way, is over at the New York Jets now as their offensive coordinator. Uh, and I'm sure everyone knows it's probably a ploy to get Aaron Rodgers to go over there because it was his quarterback coach. When he was at Green Bay a couple seasons ago. And if everyone remembers, Denver Broncos tried doing the same tactic to get Aaron Rodgers, and it didn't work. So just want to leave that, leave you guys with a little nugget on that if you're a Jets fan. But for the Denver Broncos, I think this is ultimately a good, you know, a good snag. I mean, screw those draft picks, right? I mean, you already gave up five plus draft picks to get Russell Wilson and a player and some other stuff. And then you gave up more to get Sean Payton. So in the next, I think, five years that you guys are tied to, um, Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos nation better hope that they win a super bowl because they just mortgage the future uh, for this. Ultimately though, I think there's no better coach that they could have gotten outside of maybe Harbaugh, but I think Sean Payton's a pretty good consolation or first pick, whatever you want to uh, see it as. So anyways, guys, uh, that's it for me. I'm going to wrap up now. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for enduring this episode with me. Uh, again, Drew sends his love and his well wishes to you guys. Uh, he and I will probably do an episode right before Super Bowl. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, also, too, I will not give a Super Bowl prediction as of right now. I'll do one when I do one with Drew. So let me know who you think is going to win the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Drop it in the comment down below on the episode you're listening on or uh, shoot it over to us on social media so we can recognize your pick. So, guys, I thank you so much for listening. Again, do not forget, please go follow us on all of our social media platforms on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at Drew Code Sports Talk. Uh, also, subscribe to the youtube channel uh turn on your post notifications to get uh to get your notified on our stories that we post on there on the uh shorts and on the videos that we send on there uh, also subscribe to us on our podcast platform spotify iheart google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast at we're available so love to interact with you guys so please go and check us out on all that and again big shout out to seat geek fnx fit and fanatics.com for our affiliate partners please go support them so they can continue to support us and the show and again guys we appreciate you guys i will catch you guys next week see ya